my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hungry. Well, I am too. <laughs> How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm awesome. Did you enjoy our week off that we took? Um, no, it's actually, you know, missing you. Aww. I was like going to text you like, hey, when are we going to do the podcast? And then you texted me saying, hey, we can't do it this week. Well, I, it was just more of a, I, I didn't have any time to do my research. Our computers at work went out. On the one day I do most of my research, so I didn't do any. So I, there was just no possible way we could do one. I get it. I understand. But yeah, I was like, I really kind of missed it. It was, uh, it was weird. Yeah. I had a good week, although I did learn something interesting that I wanted to talk to you about. I actually posted it on our our Facebook page earlier today. I think I saw it, but about, I haven't slept since like four. So About James Dean. Remind, refresh my memory. Okay, there's this movie that they're making. It's a new movie, and I'm guessing it's going to be all CGI, but I don't know. And so they bought the rights to use this actor's likeness in the movie, and it just so happens it's James Dean, the guy who is dead. (laughs) So... So they're going to use him and they cast him in the movie. He's a secondary main character in this Vietnam era movie, which is also weird because Vietnam happened after James Dean was already dead. Interesting. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of interesting and off-putting at the same time, I think. It's, uh, all right, it's kind of cool that you can use likenesses of people likenesses of people in movies and them actually be a character and acting and all that even though they're not actually there but also on the same time it's creepy that they can do that yes that is for sure and and I, i remember i put it on the on the post that even actors aren't safe from robots taking their jobs which is awesome because then we won't have the politics of actors exactly so a lot of people are angry about it. And the article I read was like, well, we're going to be respectful to him and and to his fans. And, you know, we're going to put this in a, in a good light for him. But it's like, but how do you know? How do you know that you're not going to mess with his image by doing this? Unless you like truly know him and you're one of his fans. And I mean, he was only in three movies. His okay. whole career before he died. Well, then, but, I mean... Apparently just be respectful. Great. I don't know. It's just weird and interesting. But I learned about that and I thought it was an interesting topic. So I wanted to ask if there's any deceased actor that you would like to see in new movies, who would it be? I am horrible with actors' names. Well, that's fine. Like so and I can't think of anybody that's actually deceased. But I guess and I know she's not deceased yet, but Betty White. Oh, yes. Betty White. She's iconic. Oh, the other one. Um, the guy that... I don't know if people are going to hate me. 
The guy that does the comic books that you see the cameos and all of the Oh, Stan Lee. Yes, that would be great. That would be great. I love Stan Lee. He's the best. But, you know, they, they could bring back the likeness of Marilyn Monroe. Audrey Hepburn. True. But, you know, Betty White and Stan Lee. Oh, those, yeah. are, those would have to be my two. Yeah. And I know Betty White's not gone. I'm just saying. Yeah. She's getting Someday up there she will age. be. She, yeah. And then they'll have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But, so with our week off, I started looking up random facts. Just because, you know, random weird facts. So oh, okay. And one I posted on our page, which was that you are more likely to be infected by flesh-eating bacteria than you are to be struck by lightning. Yeah, I saw that one. That is quite the interesting fact. That was interesting, but I found this one really interesting just because, you know, kids. Yeah. It says, a Sesame Street episode in the year 1976 scared children so much that the authorities had to pull it off the air. What was it? I guess they were doing some... The one with the Wicked Witch? Yeah. The Wicked Witch scared everybody and (laughs) <laughs> they had to take it off the air. So, so Sesame great. Street actually scared kids Aww. at one point in time. I thought that was really fascinating. That's so great. Poor, poor woman who plays the Wicked Witch. <laughs> That's great. Oh, here, I'm going to read I'm going to read a random fact out of my book even though you gave us a couple already. The long The longest sustained fart was 2 minutes and 42 seconds. That's just impressive. <laughs> Like, that is seriously just impressive. Who thought to time it? <laughs> you know, I bet you it was a couple and the guy starts farting and the woman's like, what are you doing? And then she looks down at her watch and it's at one time and then he stops and she looks back up. She's, it was two minutes and seconds. <laughs> like, I could see that being the conversation. Oh, probably. Oh, that's great. I see. Because what I was picturing was a bunch of college dudes oh. just going at it and timing each other. That works. That'd probably be more accurate. He probably was. <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, this episode's not going to be a super long one. It's going to be one of our shorter episodes, but, you know, it's still going to be a good one, I think. Uh, so you've heard of the Bermuda Triangle, right? Yes, I have. Bermuda Triangle, ships go missing, planes go missing. All sorts of weird stuff happening down Monsters. there. Monsters. All sorts of weird things. Well, today, we are not talking about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about a different triangle we looking are. at your map. We are talking about a different triangle. This one's a little closer to home. We are talking about the Lake Michigan Triangle. Now, a lot of you probably have not heard of this. It is not very well known, but apparently it's a thing. All right. But Lake Michigan is a very, very large body of water. It's a beautiful body of water. Beautiful. Very, very serene. It looks more like a sea than a lake, but it is a lake. Definitely gave us all of our snow. Lake Michigan is part of the North American chain of Great Lakes. We've got Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, and Lake Ontario. Five Great Lakes. You know what the best lake is? Which one? Lake Tahoe. That's not anywhere near the Great Lakes. I know, but it's it's the best lake ever. <laughs> but how many lakes have you visited? Lake Michigan. You that's it? That's the only one? Don't go to Lake Michigan. That's the worst one. There's a triangle it's the closest in it. one to home. <laughs> There's a triangle in when it. When I was pregnant with my first son, we did a mini staycation and we drove up and stayed at a bed of breakfast and on the way home. 
after I made my husband walk four and a half miles while I was seven months pregnant, <laughs> we decided to go to the lake instead. Well, that's fine. But. So I've seen it. I put my toes in it. That's all I've done. I've never actually been there. I've seen it. I've seen it from afar. When I went to uh, Chicago, went to the pier. Yeah. There, there it was. But no. Yeah. My toes have been in Lake Michigan. That's that's about it. Yeah. Tahoe, I've been 60 feet down. You went diving? Uh, that's where I learned how to scuba dive. Oh, like that's kind of cool. I don't know how to scuba dive. I always thought that would be fun, though. It's kind of like being in a whole other world. Yeah? I like watching the bubbles. <laughs> All right. If my... Sorry. If my voice goes a little wonky, my throat's feeling kind of scratchy today, so... And the one making no. all the noise, I promise that's not me. We all know who it is. <laughs> he just wants to voice his opinion. <laughs> and one day he will actually, just one day, just start talking, I'm sure. Lake Michigan is 307 miles long and 118 miles wide. How deep is it? It is average 279 feet deep at its deepest. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, Lake Michigan is the second largest lake of the lakes by volume, and it's the third largest by surface area. And it's the only Great Lake that is completely within the U.S. boundaries. That's actually kind of cool. So it is ours. It is our Great Lake. Maybe that's why it's Michigan and the other ones have, you know, weird names. Like Ontario? Yeah. Probably. Let's see, it's got... 1,640 miles of shoreline, which 12 million people live along. Nice. It's quite a lot of people. It is. So what's this triangle thing you keep talking about? All right. This triangle thing. If you get on your Google Maps and look up Lake Michigan and, you know, go into so you can see all the cities, it stretches westward from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, East toward Ludington, Michigan, and south towards Benton Harbor, Michigan. So this is the Lake Michigan Triangle. And I'll post a picture of it so you can see where the triangle is. It is home to all sorts of odd weather patterns and strange happenings, different weird events. So we're going to talk about some of those events. So this is why we got like a couple inches of snow and November. No, actually, that came from a west. That came from west. Yeah, I've been getting calls from so many people at work, and it gets so annoying, to be honest with you. This one guy who kept calling me from Arizona or something like that. I don't know, somewhere out west. And they were like, it was really cold here today. You'll see it soon. Ha ha ha. Shut up. You don't know that. But it was true, but still. Like, shh. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> I was talking to some guy in Texas who goes, it was around 20 degrees here the other day. I was like, well, it's 20 degrees here now. Thanks. <laughs> but still, it's just like, I don't want to talk about weather with you people. That's stupid. I don't like talking about the weather with people. Nice weather we're having. <laughs> right? You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it annoys me so much. Probably because everyone does it. And I'm on the phone all the time at work. And you get that 20 times a day. It just gets annoying. It's probably because people are, like, not only trying to have, like, mini conversations, but they're like, oh, it's funny. I think it might be funny the first time, but not the second or third. Or no. Tenth. Yeah. No. I know. 
So if you are, you know, calling people, don't mention the weather. Most people who are on the phone all day don't care. <laughs> they talk about it 20 times a day. So just don't. All right. So the Great Lakes served as a means of connecting the middle of North America to the Atlantic Ocean, which opened an important trade opportunity to use as water transport. And this happened for centuries. There's still ships all around, all along the, the Great Lakes that do this. The very first ship that traveled the upper Great Lakes happened in the 17th century. It was a ship called the Le Griffin. Although the maiden voyage did not end very well. The ship wrecked when it encountered a violent storm while sailing on Lake Michigan. In the triangle? Maybe. It doesn't pinpoint exactly where, but maybe. Well, but over the next few centuries, estimated six to 8,000 ships sank to the bottom of the Great Lakes with around three, sorry, 30,000 people who died. So that's the one thing that scares me about scuba diving. What? Finding a... Coming ship? across a dead body in the oh, water. yeah. No, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> I love scuba diving. It is fantastic. It is so much fun. Mm -hmm. But that has always been my fear whenever I go into water. It's like, what if I find a body? Like, don't get me wrong. I've, I've seen dead bodies. I've, I've had to deal with dead bodies. Dead bodies don't really bother me, but finding one in the water would freak me out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that. It was like that one weird fact that I saw the other day in our oceans. Technically, if you swim in the ocean, you are swimming in the remains of dead people. And fish. And fish. And all sorts and fish of dead poop. remains. Lots of fish poop. Yeah, that's gross. But it's still fun to swim in the ocean. <laughs> Just take a shower. Even after knowing all that. <laughs> Of 30,000 lives lost somewhere within the ships of the, Lake this Michigan? Is, well, this is not just Lake Michigan. That that's is the all statistic the for all the lakes. Okay, but still. Yes. That's, that's still a higher a chance. Yeah. That is 30,000 higher percent chance than I like. Yes. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Squishy, don't poke it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I had to go back to our last episode. I know. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, okay. All right, so the first occurrence in the Lake Michigan Triangle was recorded in the year 1891. It was a schooner called... Do you know what a schooner is? No, but I had a wind tickle in the back. Oh, of okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, a schooner is a sailing ship with two or more masts, typically with the foremast smaller than the main mast. All right. That's what... The dictionary told me. <laughs> All right. Because I I knew a schooner was a type of ship, but I wanted to know, but what kind of ship is it? So I had to look it up. Makes sense. All right, so this schooner was built in Manitowoc, Wisconsin in 1870, and it was named the Thomas Hume. It was passed around to a few different owners, and it was actually named the H.C. Albrecht first but it eventually got changed to the thomas hume which is actually in sailing lore is very very bad you should never rename a, a ship why should you never rename a ship it's bad luck and as we can see it's about to happen the bad luckness anyways 
All right, so the Thomas Hume would make many successful trips across Lake Michigan until the fateful day of May 21st, 1891, when it disappeared along with its crew of seven sailors. Not a trace of the boat was ever found. That's kind of creepy. The Hume was on a return trip from Chicago to Muskegon, having just dropped off a load of lumber. The Hume would never be seen again until... 115 years later, 2016, when the A&T Recovery Diving Team found it in the southern part of the lake in very good condition. So it actually was found again. Many of them are not ever found, but this one was found. That just shows you the technology nowadays compared to back then, how, you know, how much they're able to find, especially going that deep. Yeah, yeah. And this was just in 2006. 2006 was actually... All right, some other notable shipwrecks are going to include the SS Rouse Simmons. This ship was built in 1868 and was used to haul lumber across Lake Michigan. I feel like it's always lumber. It is always lumber. Well, you know, 1800s lumber. They need a lot of lumber. Lumber, lumber. It would sink on November 22nd of 1912. Ooh. And it was carrying a load of Christmas trees to Chicago. Another one, the SS, oh, Oppomatex, I can't even say that ship's name. I don't know why We're someone would the name SSA. it. SSA. <laughs> it was one of the largest ships to sail Lake Michigan. It was 319 feet long. It was used to haul iron ore and coal. So it was not lumber. One out of like six gazillion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, this one was again, again in November, November 2nd of 1905. However, it would run aground near Milwaukee due to smog from steam smoke produced by ships at the bay. So between the years 1927 and 1949, another ship, the SS Carl D. Bradley, SS Carl D. Bradley, <coughs> was the largest ship on Lake Michigan at 639 feet. It was called Queen of the Lakes because it was the largest ship. I can understand that being the queen because you're big. Yeah. Not like the queen's actually big, just, you know, it's it's the biggest. They're a pretty big deal. Yeah, they're (laughs) a big deal. Well, this ship was used as an icebreaker and freighter to haul limestone from Lake Superior and Lake Huron to Lake Michigan's deep water ports. That's actually fascinating. Isn't it? All right. So st- after the turn of the century, strange events started to happen at very, at a very steady pace. So another one of the mysterious cases is of a ship called the Rosa Bell. In 1921, 11 people inside the ship who were all members of the Benton Harbor House of David disappeared and their ship was found overturned and floating in Lake Michigan. But the people disappeared. The people disappeared. But not the ship. Well, the ship was there. there. They found the ship, but not the people. So it appeared that the ship had been damaged in a collision, but no other ship had reported an accident, and no other remains had been found. Was it with ice? We don't know. No one knows. Many found the incident you know, kind of creepy because the Rosabelle had been rebuilt after an earlier wreck 
that was very similar to the one that happened in 1921. It happened again. It's because they used the ship parts and they renamed it. No, they didn't rename it. They still used the ship parts. But it was rebuilt. It was still the same ship. So that wasn't necessarily bad work. I don't Unless know. the ship was haunted and the parts that they used mm. to fix it still had the haunted part in it. Maybe. April 28th of 1937, Captain George R. Donner vanished from his cabin after guiding his ship through icy waters. He retreated to his cabin because he was tired. About three hours later, a crew member went to, you know, tell him that they were nearing the port. The door was locked from the inside. There was no response. The ship mate, the, the guy, broke into the cabin to find that no one was in there. Is it possible that, you know, kind of like our front door is how you can, like, lock it and then close it. Mm-hmm. And then it's still locked from the inside, even though you're on the outside. I so maybe he locked so. it. It was probably done with a key. You're breaking my theory here, woman. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Okay, so he locks it to keep people out of his stuff, and then he just jumps overboard. But why would he jump overboard? Why do people do stupid stuff? I don't know. I, I, have no, I don't know him, so I don't know why he would have. I'm just saying <laughs> I it's don't a, know. a logical reason why he'd go missing. He just, you know, locks up his stuff. So, I'm done. Uh, he takes a plunge. I don't know. I just, I don't feel like if you're gonna, like, you know, go out in any way, I wouldn't be jumping into Lake Michigan in April. It's still cold. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's possible. He could have done it. I don't know. They did a search, obviously. They found no clues. And it's still unsolved to this day. All right, November 18th of 1958. We're going to talk about it again. I don't. I brought it up, but I didn't finish the story. This is the rest of the story. All right. All right. See, my notes are all sorts of out of whack. It's all good. I can't it help happens. it. All right, so the Carl D. Bradley in 1958 was returning from Gary, Indiana, was going north in Upper Lake Michigan, when a massive gale storm hit. It battered the freighter... Until the hole began to crack in two. And, you know, like in the movie Titanic, it cracked in two and went, Doop. Yeah. That's kind of how, side. that's basically what it looked like when this happened. I kind of want to see that. Like, I kind of want to see a ship do that. Well, if you were alive in 1958, you might have. I was not. <laughs> I wasn't even alive in 19. So the Carl D. Bradley, this was the ship I said was the queen of the lake. Yes. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest one. You need to stop that, young man. <laughs> It landed in two pieces that would jut upwards from the bottom of Lake Michigan. There's another one that was most tragic. It's the story of the Lady Elgin. Elgin? Elgin? I don't know. All right. But this was a 252-foot wood hull steamship. It was a passenger ship. On September 8th of 1860, it collided with a smaller 129-foot schooner named the Augusta. The Augusta wasn't hurt too bad. It sailed back to harbor. But unfortunately, the Lady Elgin would take on water until finally couldn't bear any more weight and began to sink. This resulted in the most open water deaths on the Great Lakes. It was around 300 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And that happened on Lake Michigan. In the Triangle. This is why you don't go scuba diving. Because so, you might run across one of those 300 people. It's possible. Yeah. So probably be skeletons by now. Oh, yeah. Why do you think this is happening? We'll get to it at the end. 
You're killing me. What? Why would I, like, give you my thoughts and feelings in the middle of the podcast? Because I wouldn't know. <laughs> we'll get to it at the end. Don't worry. It builds suspense. I know, but it's killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> All right, we're going to proceed. <laughs> we're going to go away from ships and talk about a airplane. Is this the same airplane that you and I talked about earlier in a previous episode? No. No, it's not. That one's different. Okay. This one happened in the year 1950. It was a Northwest Airlines flight, number 2501. It was carrying 58 people, and it crashed into Lake Michigan. At the time, 1950, it was the deadliest commercial airliner accident in American history. The pilot had just requested to descend to 2,500 feet. Because of a severe electrical storm, which was, you know, above the lake with a high velocity winds. Soon after, the plane signal went black and it disappeared from radar. To this day, not a trace of the wreckage has been found. And the crash left many experts, you know, wondering what the cause was. Wait, did they find the bodies? No. Or did the bodies all go missing, too? Nothing was found. Oh, I know what the triangle is. What? Oh, wait until the end. Okay. (laughs) I just have a perfect theory for this. (laughs) Okay. All right. About two hours after the last communication with the pilot, two police officers responded seeing a strange red light hovering over Lake Michigan. And disappearing after 10 minutes. So some people are led to believe that a UFO was to blame. That's not my theory. So no, it didn't happen. Nope. I figured it out. Okay. We've got a couple more things to discuss that are weird going on the triangle. So see if it sticks with my theory. Okay. All right. Oh, do you want me to tell you my theory now? We can wait. You sure? I know you really want to say it. I do. We can wait. We'll wait till the end. I'm biting my tongue right now. We'll wait till the end. Here, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That'll keep her quiet. No. (laughs) Nothing silences me. Anyway. (laughs) Proceed. Okay. All right. Stonehenge. You know, it's over in England. Okay. Apparently... We have our own Stonehenge here in America. See the three points? Three points? As a triangle. No. It's an actual Stonehenge. You know what Stonehenge is? Yes. No. Uh, I'm, I'm just not with it anymore. Okay. I got so excited and now my mind's <laughs> off in La La Land thinking about my theory. No. All right. So Stonehenge is obviously, it's a, a bunch of huge stones that are arranged in a circle. The reason you don't, you probably don't know about the Stonehenge that's here in America is because it is at the bottom of Lake Michigan. That's an odd place to have it. It is a very odd place to have it. So, archaeologists Mark Holly and Brian Abbott found this Stonehenge underwater. It was in about 40 feet of water. They discovered a series of stones arranged in a Stonehenge-like manner and one outlying boulder with a prehistoric carving of a mastodon. You know what a mastodon is, right? Yes, I do know what a mastodon is. That's actually really fascinating. Yeah. Is that a picture of it? Yeah. 
And I'll post this one as well. This is a picture cool. of the Stonehenge-like structure. But yeah, this um, this weird outlying boulder with the picture of a mastodon, it, it, it's quite interesting because mastodons first appeared around 20 million years ago. And they went extinct around maybe 13,000 years ago. So they were around for a long time, but that's still an awful long time ago. And who knows when this picture was drawn? A long, long Obviously a long time ago. Long time ago. But it, it's just, it's interesting how these, these rocks are still in this formation, just underwater. It must be really big, so the water hasn't moved them around or anything. Or yeah. around them. Yeah. They have to be. And one more incident. It's actually not in my notes. I'm going off of memory now. In the 90s, I think it was 94 to 96, somewhere around there, there were around 200 reports of UFO sightings above Lake Michigan. And you can find that online. And it's it's just this big article about people who saw these floating lights above Lake Michigan on one night. And it's very compelling because so many people saw them. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. And it's, just, again, I didn't write any of it down because it was all the same. Like, yeah, I saw the lights. Yeah, I saw the lights. So I didn't write any of it down. Obviously, as legend around the incidents grew, reports flew in from around the triangle claiming that a variety of strange occurrences happened during the passage through this through the area. Some claimed, and we're going to go through what other people think. Some people think the triangle is a time portal, that it either slowed or sped up time immensely during passage. Others still believe that it's the UFOs and the aliens that are doing it. Because, you know, there's always those bright lights. Possible. Then, then there's still really strange weather phenomena that happens. I'm, I mean, I read somewhere that over, I don't know if it, it was probably Lake Michigan, but it was, it, yes, it was Lake Michigan of a snow tornado over Lake Michigan, which is just quite interesting. I think that's kind of cool. So obviously many people are very skeptical to go through the triangle because so many shipwrecks and so many bad things have happened in that area. So people are very cautious when going through that area. All right, Taryn, what do you think it was? Parallel universe. Do you think it's a door to a parallel universe? Not just a door. I think it's like a, a like a, a lane, like a, like they'll go in mm-hmm. to the parallel universe. They go in, something happens to the ship and then it's like sped out. So that's why sometimes you find the ships, but not the people. Okay. Or you see the lights and then the electrical storm and then bam. Plane's gone. People are gone. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they find their way back. Sometimes they don't, which is why so many things have gone missing, because it's maybe a spot for a parallel universe where they just disappear. Hmm. Okay. That's a that's an interesting theory. So and all the stuff kind of matches up. So basically, what you're saying is these things are going into the parallel universe. Yes. Okay. Maybe not all the time. Like maybe like it's a doorway that sometimes it's open. And sometimes it's closed. Okay. Right? Sure. And sometimes it's like halfway in between where they pop in and then, you know, something happens and then a broken ship comes back out. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Let's see what you're driving out. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like not just like a doorway, more like a hallway. Like it comes in and then something happens and either it stays there or parts of it pop out. Sure. Which is why you have 
some ships but no people, or some people and no ships. Mm-hmm. Things that have disappeared, things that have disappeared and then randomly reappeared years later. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like your theory. I like it. I'm going to go with testing site. For aliens? Yes. <laughs> well, you know how our military or any other kind of military, they have testing sites where they go and they test their, you know, different things that they have going on. Like, you know, the testing site for the atomic bomb. They had okay. a site that they did these tests on. Yeah. What if aliens have these certain sites that they've designated on this weird planet of ours and it's their testing sites. And that's why there are so many of these triangles. They are just different testing sites. Sorry, guys, that was my dog. Blue, why'd you come in here? Because he wanted to see the baby. So that's what I think it is. I think it's an alien testing site. We got the Bermuda Triangle testing site. Now we got the Lake Michigan Triangle testing site. There's another one here in America called the Bridgewater Triangle testing site. Parallel universe. (laughs) Or it could be a parallel universe. I like your testing site theory. Mm-hmm. But I still don't necessarily believe in aliens. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with Parallel Universe. universe. All right. That's or fine. what are those also called? Um, the worm, t- not a worm tail. Uh, a wormhole? I, yes, wormhole. Oh, <laughs> wormhole. But All I think right. the Parallel Universe fits a little bit better. Even with the wormhole theory, it still could be a wormhole to a parallel universe. Even better. Yeah. There we go. Which is why some stuff comes back and others doesn't. A triangle-shaped wormhole. <laughs> Whoever named it a wormhole, I mean, it doesn't have to be a circle. <coughs> right? I know, right? <coughs> what is from Are you allergic to Heather? Maybe. Maybe my dog. He's pretty hairy. He's got three dogs. Maybe a cat. Oh, you're screwed. No, because he goes <laughs> over to his grandma's house and there's a cat over there. Oh, then I don't know. Either way. Okay. that That is our episode. That is the Lake Michigan Triangle. Whatever you guys yeah. think, let us know what you think. What is it? What do you think it is? Parallel universe. <laughs> All right, Taryn, give me the baby. You tell me a joke. <laughs> Here's the baby. Give me the Here's baby. Here's the joke. Give me the baby. Why did the Energizer Bunny go to jail? Why? Because he was charged with battery. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) I like that. Why was this? Why did the slug call the police? Why? Because it was a salted. (laughs) Ah, okay. I know this one was a shorter episode, but thanks for joining us. And if you have any questions, concerns, inputs, if you stories. want stories, you can contact me at heather at fortweirdpodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at, at fortweirdpod. And you could even get on our website if you wanted to. It's fortweirdpodcast.com. And we're, we're around. We're here. If you want to contact us for any reason, I'll answer you. If you leave us a comment, I will read it on the air. Yeah, please rate and review us. That would be wonderful if you could do that. You'd be surprised at how many people listen to us but haven't rated us at all. And I know most of you listen to us on on iTunes. So just, you know, hit the star button. That'd be great. You don't even have to leave a comment. Just hit the star button. Speaking of, how many people do we have listening to us now? 
I don't know. I think it's pretty steady at around a hundred people a week. That's still fascinating. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do something special if we get it up to two hundred. Ooh, tell your friends and family we'll do something special. Maybe we'll do a video. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, it'll be just for you guys. So get your friends and family to listen. If we get two hundred people, uh, to you know for the week, we'll do a little video for you guys. That'll be fun. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate all of you, and I hope you have a wonderful week. And Bye. happy veterans to all of our veterans oh, out there. Veterans Day, even though it's way. It is late because like, technically it was happy on late Monday. Veterans Day. <laughs> but we do appreciate all of you for yes, your service. So do. thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. So we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. The existence of this 